Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a Saturday morning edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. It is 10 a.m. on the East Coast. We're normally uh, 9 a.m., but basketball had to go a little bit earlier today, which is fine. Get to sleep an extra hour. I was up anyway. But joining me as always is is my co-host, I'm Cliffy. How are we doing today, Cliffy? Uh, not too bad, man. Um, I was telling you, I was having a little bit of technical difficulty before the show. Uh, usually we screen share and show some of our projections or top stacks or, or what have you, but it keeps freezing on my end and I don't want to just drop out of the show and leave you hanging by yourself to have to break down 12 games. So uh, won't be screen sharing today, but um, all the info we talk about is available uh, at stochastic.com for our DFS subscribers. So uh, make sure you subscribe. Um, how'd you do last night? I didn't play. I only put in uh, a, a low entry to keep my uh, <laughs> Ironman streak going for the crowns. But um, I saw that uh, maybe you cashed. Is that right? Yeah, I made a, another bad swap. But like it is what it is. I, I got another 300 Q ticket. I doubled up my money. And also I would screen share on my end. But if we did that, we'd end up on like some Interpol list because I'll click a wrong button or something. So, <coughs> Woo. but anyway, I used um, last night, I used Columbus one, which was nice. Good idea. Uh, they were well, they were well owned because of the flow chart boys. Flow chart never fails, by the way, patented t-shirts coming. Um, I also used an Islanders power play stack. I used Barzell, your client, Brock Nelson, and Noah Dobson. Barzell scored a power play goal, had nine shots on goal. Dobson had seven shots on goal and a block shot. And then I won off Vitaly Krapsov, who was up on the second line. He scored a goal, and that was it. But he was mid-priced. So. And, and, and can I say, he looked he looked pretty good in the game yesterday. I, I, watched, I watched that Rangers-Ottawa game. Um, he certainly did not look out of place playing uh, alongside Panarin now. You know, I don't think he's going to end up like 19 minutes a night like Andre Kuzmenko is in, in Vancouver or anything like that. But it's certainly a big deal for the Rangers um, and helps, you know, kind of balance out their scoring lines a little bit. Yeah, he took a penalty in the third period, so he probably won't play until February. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the rain, oh, man, I can't believe the Rangers blew that game. But that's for another time. We have a grande 12 game slate today. And we uh, don't have extra time to get through it, so we're going to have to get on our horse. It's not named Shadow Facts, but they can show us the meaning of haste. But before we get into it, give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. You know what to do. Say something about my head. We'll know it's a, we'll know it's from you. Also, like I feel weird reading this promo on Saturday morning because most of the people tuning in definitely are subscribed because 
probably have to set an alarm. But let's get into this lovely 12-gamer as I see Jake has gotten the projections up. Very nice, Jake. We'll give Jake the credit. It was his birthday the other day, by the way. He turned uh, 17. Congrats on getting your permit. And, uh, yeah, Colorado Avalanche, 2.7 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.3. The goalies I'll read are just going to be probable, unless I note that they're confirmed. It's going to be Yorgiev against Olmark. Now, Colorado always matchup proof. Colorado won. But this this probably is their toughest matchup all season. Now, and they're also going to get Bergeron, and that line has gotten cheaper. But like, go, like as you talk about, like the Colorado one defensive numbers have slipped a little bit, but their depth is really, really bad. Which, you know, I don't know if I'm going to full stack anything on Boston, but like I, I have a lot of interest in Pasternak tonight. What are you seeing? Yeah. Um, before we dig in, just want to say thanks for the compliment on my sweater, Wolf Girl. I am wearing another uh, ugly wrestling sweater. I wore my Razor Ramon one a couple weeks ago, Sasha Banks. Uh, last week, this week, we have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, on today. So uh, thanks for that compliment. Yes, Colorado at Boston. Um, that Boston top line, since Marchand came back, um, we talked about it the last time Boston was on the show, but um, 1.6 expected goals against for 60 minutes um, at five on five, 0.6 actual goals against um, the penalty kill itself is super elite. Um, it's typically amongst the best in the league um, this season, no exception. Now they are prone to penalties. Boston takes 3.9 uh, penalties per game, 3.9 times shorthanded per game, I should say. Um, so Colorado will get their power play opportunities, but, it is a really tough spot um, just considering who they're playing against. And, you know, I was looking through uh, Nathan McKinnon's uh, game logs for his career. Now, obviously teams change a lot going back, um, you know, nearly a decade. Um, but one constant in Boston has been pretty good defense and Patrice Bergeron on the top line. Um, you know, he's over a point per game against Columbus. He's over a point per game against Arizona, over a point per game against Anaheim, over a point per game against, all, you know, Minnesota. Um, just 12 points in 16 career games uh, against Boston. Um, it just speaks to how tough the matchup is against the Bruins. So, you know, considering the price uh, on those top guys, um, you know, they're not, certainly not getting any cheaper. Um, I think it's fine to just pass on, on Colorado here, especially in single entry or something like that. On the Boston side, the one thing I wanted to note is Boston's top line historically scores a lot less without David Pasternak there. Um, going back a few years, um, about 750 minutes without Pasternak on the, on the wing of Marchand and Bergeron, uh, 2.9 goals for compared to 4.2 with them. So, you know, their goals go down by about 30% when Pasternak's not there. Now, Colorado top line itself has been pretty leaky defensively. So I think Boston one is perfectly fine to play here, especially where they're not super expensive, right? Like the, the entire top line is 20,500, which is pretty reasonable. Um, you know, but you always, it's David pa- the David Pasternak problem. He's on the top power play. Colorado's penalty kill has been struggling a little, even though their goaltending has really saved them. Um, so, you know, maybe you want to figure out a way, you know, to get David Pasternak in, take Jake DeBrusque out, um, you know, just make it a four-man Boston stack um, if you want. But, um, yeah, those Boston top guys are in a pretty good spot here today. I imagine they're going to be under-owned relative to their top two percentage per top stacks tool. So I really do like the spot for Boston one. In fact, the Colorado, that Colorado second line, Cogliano, Confer, O'Connor has actually been pretty good defensively. And the Boston second line hasn't been that good at five on five. So I think this game is all about Boston's top line. I, you know, I would just figure out what you want to do, whether you want to put in Pasternak or not. I would probably try to find a way to get him in the stack. Um, but he's not a hundred percent necessary. It's just, you know, he's pretty prone to having big games, but I do like Boston, the Boston spot here. Yeah, and the problem, even though Boston is cheaper at twenty thousand and change, this slate is bonkers. There's like unbelievably good spots in every game. Like, there's I like, I just feel like this is going to be a spot where Boston one goes wildly overlooked, and could be a nice little contrarian GPP option. On the blue lines here, outside of Charlie McAvoy and Kale McCarr, they're just 
not too much that I'm interested in from this game. Yeah, I'll mention um, Brandon Carlo. He does play on the penalty kill. Um, you know, like I said, Boston does take a fair share of penalties, so maybe he can rack up some blocks for you here just tonight for uh, pretty cheap on DraftKings. Other than that, like I think Charlie McAvoy is actually not a bad play here. Like I said, um, the Boston uh, power plays, well, it is always good. Um, and he has been playing a lot of minutes since he returned, over 25 minutes a game. I think McAvoy's in a perfectly fine spot. He's the expensive defenseman I would use for this game. Yep, agreed there. San Jose Sharks with a three total. Heading into Ottawa, the Sens have a 3.4 total. Capo Kakinen is confirmed. Cam Talbot went last night, so it's probably going to be Anton Forsberg. Still can't believe the Rangers blew that game, but Brady Kachuk put up a 40-burger. Thanks, Truba. Get the captain spot. Get the captain on the C on your sweater. Forget how to clear the puck. Very good. This is a really good spot for the Sharks' top line. They've just been rolling. Um, like, the trip from New York to Ottawa isn't very long. But I, I do like, like, it's not like they're in Ottawa last night and playing again. They had to travel. I, I kind of like the Sharks here. I don't mind going back to some sends. It's just like a 12-game slate, teams on a back-to-back. They have a 3.4 total, so they're expecting goals in this game. Yeah. Um, to your point about the Sharks, our early projection run has that San Jose top line for 36 combined points, um, median score. That's more than the Ottawa top line. It's more than even the Boston top line that we just talked about. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. One, that San Jose top line has been pretty good offensively. 3.8 goals per 60 minutes over their last three weeks. Um, you know, Hurdle and, and Meyer typically playing 20 plus minutes a night. Um, Hurdle's been shooting more of late. Um, that was a big knock on him like through the first 10 games of the season is that he wasn't shooting a lot. Now he's not a big shot volume guy anyway. But there's a big difference between landing like one and a half shots per game and like 2.4 or 2.5 or something. So he's shooting more. Obviously, Meyer shoots the lights out. The Ottawa, the, the way Ottawa runs their matchups, um, they do often use that third line um, against uh, opposing top comp. And, you know, we talked about um, the last time Ottawa was at home. That third line just really hasn't been that great oh, uh, defensively so far this season. So. Um, I do think it is a good matchup for San Jose one. Um, they're very reasonably priced um, as well. Um, they're coming in at about uh, my mental math tells me 17 K give or take. Um, so I do like that San Jose one spot. Um, I also don't mind Ottawa two here that the Brinkat Pinto Batherson line. Now the Brinkat's whole problem this year has been his shooting percentage. It's been the case for a few players. Um, we talked about on the last show, um, about Nathan McKinnon, that once his shooting percentage um, starts regressing a little bit, he's going to start putting up monster games. And uh, he put up a huge game uh, his last time out. Now, I'm not obviously not saying Alex DeBrincat's going to have a five-point night here, um, but it's the same thing for him. Once that shooting percentage starts going, like it was four, over 14%, um, his, his three-year average, and it's, it's sitting at about 7% this year. So once that starts regressing with his shot volume, like the goals are going to come, he's really going to start – uh, flooding the goals and they've been good offensively too. 2.8 expected goals for only 2.1 against per 60 minutes. It's just, they haven't been finishing once they do um, they're going to flood the opposing net. And that San Jose second line, their defensive numbers have been sliding their last hundred minutes together, 2.8 um, expected goals against per 60 minutes. They're getting wildly outshot um, in their time together. Um, I think this is a good spot for the Ottawa second line. If you don't want to full stack them, you know, you can certainly just, one off the Brinkat or one off Batherson or go with a two-man um, with the two wingers because they do get that power play time. Um, but I do like that Ottawa second line here. Um, San Jose won um, very much in play as well. I wonder if they go under-owned here tonight. Um, they typically do carry um, some ownership. Um, they are over 17,000 on the road, so maybe not, but I do like that San Jose one spot as well. Yeah, I do you like San Jose here tonight? I'll be interested to see ownership because, as we said off the top, there are a ton of spots in tonight's game. I don't think we'll see, like, a wildly chalky spot, maybe one or two, but, like, everyone else should be reasonable. On the blue line, if you want to get up to Carlson, that's fine. Uh, if you, Chabot, 
with your send stuff is fine. He's very decently priced on DraftKings at 5,100. Um, like Artem Zub, I guess at 3K is all right. Hamanick at 3,400 is all right. Matt Benning, 2,600. Like I'm not running out to play anyone from this game, but there are some options. Yeah, I think Thomas Shabbat is definitely the one that sticks out. Um, he's been playing 25 minutes a game pretty regularly um, of late. Uh, runs the top power play unit. Now, San Jose has probably the best penalty kill in the league, so it's not really a good power play spot for the Sens. But 5,100, um, we have his DK projection over a little over 12 points. That's a pretty good value. So I do like Shabbat here. Do like Zub. Um, he's been playing some good minutes of late as well. Uh, Matt Benning would be the cheap guy that I really like from this game from San Jose. He's been getting like 21 minutes, 20, 21 minutes of late. Um, can definitely put up the block bonus on DraftKings for very cheap. Yeah, and DraftKings has priced him above the minimum floor. He was 2300 earlier this season for whatever reason. Fat-fingered it. That's a big fat finger. Two keys over. But, you know, he's 2600 tonight. Don't mind it. Vegas Golden Knights, 3.2 total. Heading into Detroit, the Red Wings have a 2.8 total. Logan Thompson, Vili Husso probable. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Tyler Bertuzzi went on the IR, so Pia Suter is getting the first crack on the second line with Michael Rasmussen and Luki Duki Raymond. Top line of Kubelik, Larkin, Perron. That's probably the only line I'd consider from Detroit. There are multiple lines to consider on Vegas. <clears throat> we kind of talked some smack about the Vegas top line, and Eichel went out and I think had a combo meal with a goal. No one else really did anything in that line, but I think there is some merit to going to Vegas here tonight. Yeah, I really do think there is, especially uh, with the defensive issues that a lot of the Detroit lines have had. Like we've gone on and on about how Andrew Kopp's, um defensive issues have persisted this season. Now maybe he does a little bit better now that there's no pressure in the top six form, but um, that I don't expect that line to be very good defensively. I'm going to say it. He's not an NHL center. He's more suited for the wing. Uh, I'm not going to dig into that right now. Um, <laughs> the Guy Fieri line for Detroit, uh, Dominic Kublik, Dylan Larkin, David Perron, um, pretty good offensively. 3.4 expected goals for for 60 minutes. Um, about average defensively, two and a half expected goals against. So it's not a brutal matchup for that Vegas top line. Um one thing uh, Detroit doesn't do is take a lot of penalties, only three times shorthanded per game. Vegas at two and a half, so there may not be a lot of power plays in this game. Um, the Detroit penalty kill was really good to start the year, sliding a little bit, but still good. Vegas is good as well. Um, I got to say, I think I kind of like the Vegas second line the best in this game. Um, you know, that Rasmussen, Suter, Raymond line is not going to be good uh, defensively. Um, we talked, we just talked about Kopp and Sunkfist. So I think, you know, that Vegas second line is going to get some good matchups in the middle of that uh, Detroit lineup. Um, their last hundred minutes together, 2.9 expected goals for three and a half uh, actual goals for Jonathan Marsh. So shooting the lights out now, Riley Smith hasn't been shooting a lot lately, but his um, playmaking and scoring chance numbers are still very strong. So I think it's a pretty good spot for um, that Vegas second line. I don't know if you need to full stack them. You can just do like a Marshall Carlson or Marshall Smith or something like that. Um, but I think it's a pretty good spot for Vegas too. And that's probably where I'd look in this one. Yep. Vegas two is my preferred line as well. I want to go to Vegas top line. That's perfectly fine. They're still correlated. But like you mentioned, Detroit doesn't take a ton of penalties. On the blue line, Shea Theodore still running the power play with Petrangelo out. We'll have to wait and see if he's in tonight. Obviously, morning skate hasn't happened yet. I don't even know if he's on IR or not. But. They said he, they said there's a chance he might be back this week, and so we definitely have to keep an eye for it. You know, Shea, if Petrangelo's out, McNabb, Haig for, you know, cheap punts there. Moritz Cedar, I think, is fine. And we talked about Phil Pronick in our Discord this morning. 
<clears throat> Dude's absolutely on a tear, 4,800. Can he keep it going? We'll find out. Yeah, um, Nick Haig definitely uh, in play here. With it. As long as Petrangelo is out, he's probably going to play about 20 minutes, sub 3K. I like that price. You know, Shea Theodore is kind of in that Thomas Shabbat spot where um, not necessarily a great power play spot, but because of the minutes he'll play, assuming Petrangelo is out, um, he's fine as well at 5,600. Um, not a lot from the Detroit side. I really like because Cedar, like you, he's not putting up a lot for peripherals, so he relies on um, point production. And Vegas is, you know, even if they haven't been as good offensively as they were, you know, in the back in the early and mid November stages, um, they're still really good defensively. So I think it'd be the cheap defenseman I'd look for here. Somebody like Nick Hague, uh, maybe even a Jake Wallman. Who knows? Contractual obligation, Jake Wallman. Um, yeah, flowchart. Flowchart merch coming soon. <laughs> I think I'm joking, but I, I might not be. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, 2.9 total. Heading into Tampa Bay, the Lightning have a 3.1 total. Matt Murray's confirmed, probably going to be Vasilevsky. <sighs> Both these teams are driving me up a wall here. I played Tampa Bay one the other night. They did absolutely nothing against the Flyers. Matt Murray's been pretty good. Like, I don't think I'm going to get to anything in one to three here. I think this is a good MME game. Yeah, it definitely is um, a pretty good MME game uh, for anybody that's playing a, a ton of lineups um, on this slate, um, just because they are two teams that can score a lot of goals. Um, one thing I'll note is that Tampa's, yeah, like the Tampa top line will see a little bit of that Matthews Nylander bunting line. Like they do put out the top line against the opposing top line a little bit, but they do put them out quite a bit against the opposing second lines. Um, and with Nick Robertson back alongside Tavares and Marner, like we don't have a sample there because when Robertson was on that line, uh, it was earlier in the season when Nylander was still there. Um, but Robertson, he's a good offensive player, but um, he's still not good defensively. And he was dragging down the line's defensive numbers. And I think he'll probably do the same even with Marner there. So I think Tampa 1 is kind of fine to use here tonight. Just because um, I think they do see a lot of Robertson, not a lot, but a fair bit of Robertson, Tavares, Marner at 5-on-5. Five five, and I think that's a matchup that favors the Tampa top line. Like, they've been on an absolute tear um, by expected goals anyways. Last 110 minutes, 3.7 expected goals, 4 per 60 minutes. The problem is they're only shooting like 3%. Obviously, a Kucherov point line is not going to stay at 3% for very long. Um, Kucherov has been shooting a lot himself. He's been playing a lot as well. Um I don't think yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I'll get there in single entry at three max, but I don't mind that's the spot for the Tampa Bay top line here on the Toronto side. Like the issues just kind of persist here. Uh, Matthew's not playing heavy minutes. He is producing well, but we're still kind of waiting for him to have like that sustained, um, you know, super high end breakout. He had a couple of uh, 30 bangers um, on DraftKings back to back. Um, Obviously, we take those, but there's a lot of, you know, 7, 9, 11 um, games mixed in there. You know, going into Tampa Bay is not necessarily a, a good matchup for them. Um, you know, especially with Morgan Riley missing, like, the, um, you'd want to take advantage of a Tampa penalty kill that hasn't really been that great. But the Tam Toronto power play struggling without Morgan Riley, um, I don't think that's unexpected. So, um I don't hate the idea of using Toronto here. If I were to do anything from the Leafs, I would go to that top line. I don't think that Toronto second line um, plays enough minutes um, or um, is, you know, with Nick Robertson there, he might be moved off the line real quick. I think it would be Toronto. It'd be Toronto one that I go to be either the top lines here. I favor the Tampa side, but I'm with you. I think single entry one to three may not be, it might not be a game that I look to. Yeah. And Jason Robertson's little brother, Nicholas Min Price. Hopefully he sticks there. Like he, he's obviously not as good as his brother, but like give give the guy some run. Like we know who Kerfoot is at this point in his career. Give Robertson a run. That's my rant. Okay. Yeah. Um, blue line. Yay. Uh Mark Giordano, I think, is the guy. Like, you want to use Sandine for the power play? Y yay. Justin Hole for shop, shop blocks, but I think Giordano can, you know, get the blocks, shoot the puck a little bit. On the uh, 
Tampa side, bleh, nothing really. Yeah, um, you know, Mikhail Suryachev does have those big games once in a while, but you'd really want him in a good power play spot, and it's really this isn't really a great power play spot. Toronto doesn't take a ton of penalties below average by time shorthand per game. The penalty kill is good. Um, I don't think there's a lot that I'm, like, running out to play. Um, if, if I were to play anything, it would probably be on the Toronto side. You know, Lilligren's playing um, good minutes of late. Justin Hall could get you those blocks. It'd be something like that. I don't think I'm paying up for the big guys in this one. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, as we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We're thankful for that sponsor. Otherwise, we might have ASMR with Josh and Cliffy, which would be a scene. As the private dating chat girls hit the chat. Um, yeah, but, no, we're sponsored by BetMGM. And as you know, if you tune in, we have a deal for you. You bet $10 and win 200 if any team scores a goal during the World Cup. It happened. Teams have scored. Imagine that. Click the link in the description. It's the pinned comment. And you sign up. Bet must be on a pregame money line. Because we have analytics on that link, we know that a lot of you have signed up. But not all of you have deposited and got your $200 in free bets. So to get signing up is great. But you're not going to get your $200 in free bets. You have to deposit at least $10 and bet it on a pregame Moneyline World Cup game. Doesn't matter if the game ends 0-0. You will get $200 in free bets. So sign up, deposit, bet, 20 extra money. No strings attached. Easy game. No XMR. New Jersey Devils, 3.5 total. I just I just want to cut you off real quick. Um, just to touch on Toronto Tampa again. Um, Anthony Sorelli forgot to mention he's probably going to be back tonight for Tampa. Don't know what the lines are gonna be. Um, they're just about to hit the ice, I think. He, I think he might start on the third line as the center with uh, Perry, uh, Corey Perry and Ross Colton. Um, but that's just a guess. We'll have to see what they do here. But on to Philly, New Jersey. Yeah. I Sorry, microphone. I kind of abused you there. New Jersey Devils, 3.5 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a 2.5 total. Vitek Vanacek, Carter Hart, probable. Another Devils game. Another Devils game. I'm on the Devils here. I'm probably not going to have much from the Flyers here. Travis Konechny might be back or he's confirmed back. One or the other. He's still really expensive. This isn't the best spot. So probably just Devils for me tonight. Yeah, it is a tough spot. Um, I will say Konechny's numbers when he's been healthy this year have been pretty absurd. Um, Whether it's uh, point production at five on five, scoring chance generation, that type of thing. He's been really, really good. Just a pretty tough matchup with New Jersey in town. Maybe the best defensive team in the league. So probably not the best spot for Konechny, but somebody to keep in mind if you're playing a lot of lineups, um, I think um, he definitely can be used as a one-off. I, I do think this is um, about the New Jersey Devils. Um, assuming um, that Hayes and Konechny are on that top line with Noah Cates, I think that's what they ran in practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. Hayes and Konechny have really struggled defensively together this season. <laughs> 3.4 expected goals against in 185 minutes together. That's not a small sample. Um, 4.9 actual goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. That is giving up a lot defensively. Um, it's just a matter of which line they consider um, the opposing top line. I don't think it really matters. Um because, you know, Frost and Faraby haven't been very good defensively together either. Um, well, <laughs> over three expected goals against, over four actual goals against. So I don't think the matchup really matters all that much uh, for New Jersey here. It's just about um, who you want to use. Now, that top line with Tatar Hishier and Brad, the sample is starting to grow. And Kel Suprise, they've been excellent offensively. 4.2 expected goals in 55 minutes together, 4.4 actual goals. Two out of those three guys are going to be um, on the top power play unit. Um, I do like to tire his and Brat again here tonight. I think some sort of devil's power play stack is fine as well. Like I think you can do like Hughes, Brat, and Mercer if you want, leave his off or, you know, do like um, um, his Brat, and Hughes and do a double center um, if you want. I think that just that New Jersey top six is in a very good spot. The Philly penalty kill has really been struggling over the last month or so, like around the bottom five in the league. So 
It's a good spot at five on five. Good spot on the penalty kill. Not our top stacks run just came in. Not a lot of ownership here. Two percent on the Hisher line. About five to six percent on uh, the Hughes line. At least over on DraftKings. Um, over on FanDuel, even lower where they're priced up a little bit. So I think the ownership's perfectly fine here. Even if they come in a little bit higher, it's fine in this matchup. I really just like uh, some sort of Devils power play stack. If you want to even strength stack, I would go Hisher Bruce or Hisher Bruce, Hisher Brad and Tatar. Yeah, I prefer the Hisher line. I generally prefer whatever line Jesper Bratz on because he's either going to be with Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes. I mean, you can go to the Hughes line. Mercer is pretty cheap on the power play as well. So, yeah. On the blue line, Doug Ham. If you want to add him into some power play stacks, it's fine. Otherwise, Ryan Graves on the flyer side is probably just going to be Sandheim. Rasmus risked the line and just keeps playing 20 minutes a game for some reason. Um, I think he has the block bonus in three out of his last four games. Um, New Jersey is one of the most shot-happy teams in the league. Got to think he's a real threat for the block bonus on DraftKings here tonight. It's just, can he put up more than that for that 3100 price is the question. But I think he has a reasonable floor to work with. Don't mind him as a, as a cheap defenseman here. It is true. It is true. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Uh, let's get to the blues st louis blues 2.9 total heading into pittsburgh the penguins have a 3.6 total bennington yari probable blues uh mixing up their lines a little bit sending vladimir tarasenko down to the third line with nathan walker top line of buchnevich thomas kairu then the o'reilly line still status quo here uh pens running back the same lines I really like the Penguins here tonight, but I don't think we should sleep on this Buchnevich thomas Kairou line because they are very good offensively. And the Penguins struggle on the penalty kill. Yeah, um, it is the special teams that I want to talk about a little bit. Um, my picks article is not posted yet. I'm going to be finishing that up uh, once we're done the show. But Evgeny Malkin is going to be on it. The reason is the St. Louis penalty kill. Now, St. Louis... Um, is the least penalized team in the league means, you know, Pittsburgh might only get two or three uh, power play opportunities here, which is, it's a double-edged sword here because you actually have um, just the antithesis of each other um, in special teams here. St. Louis, the worst penalty kill in hockey over the last month by shots against, by goals against, what have you, the worst penalty kill. The only thing that's saving them is that they're only giving up 2.2 uh, power plays a game, by far the least in the league. Even still, because they're so bad, um, they've given up 11 power play goals against in their last 15 games, um, which is unfathomable for a team, you know, giving up like only two power plays a game. Yeah. Um, that's just how bad they've been. But the Pittsburgh power play, meanwhile, also last in the league over the last month. Um, they've just been absolutely awful. I don't know what's going on. I watched the Pittsburgh game the other night. It just seems like there's always just this one move or one play that, um, you know, either Gensel tries or Mullican tries or whatever, and it's a turnover and the pucks just fired down the other, the other end. It's like they're not necessarily having a, a terrible time setting up or getting in the zone. It's just there's always this one play that just screws everything up. It's like they're overthinking it a little bit. But it is a great spot for them to kind of get right here. Um, so I don't mind the Pittsburgh side here. They do have a 3.6 total. It's the Pittsburgh second line that I'll mention. Um, the reason for that is the St. Louis second line. Um, you talked about how good they are offensively. They've been pretty bad defensively um, as well, like trading a lot of chances back and forth. Like going back 
to last year in about 100 minutes together, like 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes, which um, on a St. Louis team is absolutely terrible defensively. So I think it's a pretty good matchup for Zucker, Zucker, Malkin, and Rust. They're not getting super heavy minutes. Um, They're in a little bit of a shooting percentage slump as well. But um, considering how good the matchup will be at 5-on-5, considering how good the matchup is for Malkin and Rust on the power play, I think it's a good spot for them to kind of break out offensively. And I think that's why you're seeing a 3.6 total here. Um, You know, I won't say no to the Pittsburgh top line. I just think it's tough matching up against Ryan O'Reilly. Um, and Brandon side, if, if anything on the Pittsburgh side, I really do like that Pittsburgh second line. Even if you just want two man Malkin and Rusk, I think that's acceptable, especially where Russ price just keeps declining on DraftKings. Yeah. Malkin Russ combo on DraftKings is 10, three. That's just way too cheap for an unbelievable power play spot and a pretty good five on five spot as well. Let's move to the blue line on the blue side. Nothing like super exciting, but Pareko and Krug's price are fine. Whether you can stomach clicking their names is another story. On the uh, Pittsburgh side, Jeff Petrie. Yeah, Krug down to 3,700. I think that's pretty reasonable for him. It's when he was at like 5K that I didn't really want to play him. So I don't mind Krug here. Uh, Yeah, Jeff Petrie, 4,700. He's been playing 26 minutes without Chris Letang in the lineup. Power play one, lots of five on five times. So I I think I do like Petrie quite a bit here tonight in that four to 5K range on DraftKings. I have to chuckle because we're about to get to the next game and I just saw the projection for the top line and it is like higher than a lot of people's IQs. Montreal Canadiens, 2.7 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.9 total. Jake Allen, Stewie Skinner, probable. Edmonton won, projected for (laughs) (laughs) 53.4. Getting... 20% 20% ownership on a 12-game slate. I mean, they're just rolling along. They're fully correlated. You can add a new Jim Hopkins if you want to get a little bit different. But this is, as Niehaus would say, the a primo spot for the Oilers. Yeah, I, I think, I think the Oilers' top line has roughly the same point projection as Philadelphia's entire top nine. <laughs> Like, um, it is just a really, really good spot for Dreisaitl, uh, McDavid, and Hyman. Um, on DraftKings, uh, we have Dreisaitl and McDavid projected for um, over 40 points together, nearly 40 points. Like, the, it's just absolutely obscene what we're expecting from them here. I, I mean, rightly so. Um, expensive, by the way. Yeah, they are super expensive, obviously. Um just the the three man alone is twenty thousand uh, twenty three thousand eight hundred, which is kind of funny. They're still coming in with roughly a twenty percent projection owner ownership wise, um, which is pretty wild for um, a line that expensive on a twelve game slate. But it's not not justified. Um, in their time together, three point eight expected goals for five point nine actual goals for per sixty minutes. They're they've all been playing over twenty two minutes a game, including Hyman of late. Um, McDavid and Dreisaitl specifically 25 plus because they have a couple injuries and they have absolutely zero scoring depth. So unless those guys put up three or four goals every game, um, the team's not winning. Uh, it is, they've been really good off. They like this team has struggled at five on five scoring the McDavid line, especially, but since moving Dreisaitl and Hyman there, they definitely have not. Um, and they're going to match up a lot against that Montreal top line. Now the Montreal top line started off really, really well. But over the last three weeks, about 110 minutes played, 2.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes, 5.7 actual goals against. The defensive numbers for Caulfield, Suzuki, and Doc are really falling uh, pretty precipitously here. So, I mean, yeah, surprise. I really, really like the Edmonton top line here. It's just how, you know, what what else can, do you want to use with them? What can you stack them with? Um, McDavid's going to be in my picks article. You know, he's put up. Uh, over four shots a game of late because he's playing so many minutes. Um, I just, you know, it is a an excellent spot for the Edmonton top line. What I will say is it's not a terrible spot for Montreal's top line either. Um, Edmonton, pretty bad defensively um, at all strengths. Um, you know, Montreal's does struggle uh, on the penalty kill, but um, Edmonton, or on the power play, sorry, but Edmonton also struggles on the penalty kill. Their goaltending has really been letting them down. So, 
I think like a pretty low owned Montreal top line isn't a bad idea here. Um, even a one-off Cole Caulfield, I think is perfectly fine or one-off Nick Suzuki or something like that. But yeah, this is, this is an Edmonton game. It's going to be hard not to play them. Yeah. I will err on the side of caution here and let you guys know that one-offing McDavid might not be the best idea tonight because it's going to happen a lot. And if he has a great game, his line mates are coming along for the ride. So like you can one-off McDavid. There are no rules, but like if I'm going to play the Oilers, I'm full stacking or I'm not like they're all going to be in my lineup or none of them are going to be in there. So that's just my rant on that. On the blue line, Mike Matheson, I think, is in a good spot at 4,500. Like, oh boy, the Evan Bouchard story. What are you doing, Bouchard? Yeah, um, we talked about it in our Discord. Um, his last four games, he's had three really low ice time games and one 20-plus minute game, and it was the three really low ice time games where he um, exploded um, DFS-wise, and it was his 20-minute-plus game where he did not. Now, the 20-minute-plus game was in Minnesota, and Minnesota's been excellent defensively um, of late, um, especially over the last month or so. I expect Bouchard's going to have a ton of ownership here tonight, but it's not not justified. Um, our projection for him, um, about eight and a half DK points, which is really, really high for a $3,700 um, defenseman. I really do like Bouchard here. On the Montreal side, I don't mind Mike Matheson either. He's been playing 24 minutes a game for Montreal. He's a guy that's pretty good in transition, loves to jump into the play. Um, like I said, Edmonton pretty bad defensively. I don't mind Matheson um, in that mid-fours range either. Agreed there. Chicago Blackhawks, 2.4 total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.6. Arvid Soderblom, Yaroslav Halak, probable. This is a very good power play spot for the Rangers. Rangers played last night. We, I'm still reeling from that. Um, I think it, if I'm going to do anything on the Rangers, it's going to be some sort of power play stack. Now that they kind of have three lines that can go out, their ice time kind of is a bit wonky. So like if you want a five on five stack anyone, it would just I'll just go to the top line. Like Panarin Hedel Kratzoff. Their minutes are kind of similar to Lafreniere, Trocek, Kako. So like if you want a five on five stack, it would be the top line. But I think you know if you want to leave off VC off the top line and add in a Panarin for power play, add in a Trocek. That's probably what I do. On the Hawks side, I don't know, like 2.4 road total. Rangers played yesterday. I don't think I'd full stack anything, but like Patty Kane one off at 5,800 at low ownership kind of is a bit sneaky tonight. I kind of like it. Yeah. I'll mention our Rangers top line projection. The Zabanjad Kreider BC line is at 35.1 DraftKings points, which is the exact same projection for the Boston top line. Um, and the Rangers top line is over $3,000 cheaper on DraftKings. Now, for that reason, the Rangers top line is going to come in higher owned. Well, that and that they're playing Chicago. Um, but the Rangers top line has been really, really good this year. Um, with VC there, 4.3 expected goals for. He's looked good. 4.4 actual goals for. VC is actually taking some shots um, as well. Um you know, Kreider and Zibanejad, even um, as they've, you know, spread out the scoring, specifically Kreider and Zibanejad are still playing around 19, 20 minutes a game, which is, you know, perfectly fine for their price. Um, Zibanejad um, shooting a lot more on the power play of late as well. And as you said, a pretty good power play spot um, as uh, the Chicago penalty kill in the bottom 10 uh, for shots against uh, and goals against uh, over the last month. In fact, you know, pretty much neck and neck uh, with not neck and neck, but pretty close to Edmonton uh, in the goals against department on the PK. So yeah, I really do like the Rangers top line here tonight. I'm with you. I think you can take off VC and put on Panarin. If you want Panarin's been playing uh, a lot um, of late as well. Um, I think that's something that's, that's perfectly fine to do, but that Rangers top line is going to be going out against Kane Taves and Athens CU now. Um, we don't have a sample with Taves there. I think it's only been one game, but with Kane and Athens CU uh, together, um, 6.8 goals against for 60 minutes of 505 this year, oh. 3.7 expected goals against. Like they've just been 
really, really struggling defensively. At this point of his career, Taves is not going to turn that line um, into a defensive beast or anything like that. I think it's just a great matchup for that Rangers top line. I really like Spanish at Crowder and BC here. I can't see myself getting to any of the Chicago lines. Like I, if anything, it would probably be that Domi uh, Kershev Radish line. Um, I don't know if the Rangers second line is going to be great defensively, but uh, I think it's all about the Rangers top line here in this game. Yep. Just quick note from the Penguins game. JJ in chat said, heads up, you're thinking going with Rust. Ricard Raquel is on the top power play unit in place of Rust. Rust is on the second unit. Oh. Yeah. Rangers, yeah. I just saw that message from Taylor Haas. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 Well, it uh, kind of changes things a little bit. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Although Ricard Raquel does shoot a lot, so that could be fun. Um, on the blue line, Adam, I think this is a good game to go to Adam Fox. If not, you can go to, you know, Keandre Miller for a punt. Seth Jones, all right. Jake McCabe, all right. Connor Murphy, all right. Yeah, Adam Fox is going to be in the picks article that I'm going to have up on free to read for anybody that wants to go check it out on stochastic.com. I think it's a really, really good spot for him. Um, I think Jack Johnson's playable on FanDuel which like he's getting 21 minutes a game and he's priced at like 3,800, I think on FanDuel, which I think is just perfectly fine. Even if he just racks up a bunch of blocks. Um, but yeah, it's Adam Fox that I like most in this game and it's not particularly close. Yep. Are you sick of Oliver Atticus taking all your money? I know I am. So I'm going to go play on prize picks. It's a daily prop based contest. There's no sharks. Like Ali Ali Oxenfree or whatever that song is. Optimizers are mass entries. You can, Put in a five-player lineup, and you can get up to 10x your entry fee. You can use your knowledge in multiple sports with cross-sports entries. Click the link in the description below to get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with prize picks. I was just kidding about Oliver. He's been on a tear. Congrats to you, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I, I do really like prize picks. We have that um, offer in the link in the description below. So if you're interested in prize picks, click on that and go on your way. Washington Capitals, 2.7 total heading into the Calgary. The Flames have a 3.3 total. Kemper, Markstrom, probable. Oh, the Flames are an enigma. Their top line's in a good spot, though. They're getting low ownership. You going back to the Flames? Yeah, it is a pretty good spot here. Um, the Calgary top line um, obviously didn't do a lot last game. I think Lindholm scored, but it was their only goal. Um, the Calgary top line earlier in the season when they were together was not getting a lot of top competition. Now, they did play quite a bit against Montreal's top line in their last game. Um, that means going up against Ovechkin, Strom, and Shiri. That line actually hasn't been that bad um, for Washington. Um, 3.1 expected goals for 2.4 expected goals against both, both numbers, um, better than average. Um, you know, the Calgary top line has certainly had their trouble scoring this year. They're not generating a ton either. 2.8 expected goals for like, that's less than Washington's top line. Um, and Washington, uh, doesn't really take a ton of penalties, just three times shorthanded per game. On the season, the Calgary power play has been struggling a little bit. Like, I think there are reasons to avoid that Calgary top line here tonight, despite a pretty reasonable price. Um, you know, they're not coming in with much ownership, and I think rightly so, about 3%. So they're definitely playable. Just don't know if I'd be running out to play them. I think the line that I actually do like is Kadri Mangiapane and Dubé, which feels weird to say because um, I don't like dealing Dylan Dubé <laughs> as a player. I think he can... I'll probably just leave him off the stack. Um, but Andrew Mangiapane's price has really uh, come down of late. Um, in their last 70 minutes together, the line has been really good offensively. 3.2 expected goals for, 4.4 actual goals for. They're going to get a lot of that Milano-Kuznetsov matchup, which, you know, we talked on the last show, Milano-Kuznetsov, not very good defensive numbers uh, together this year. I think it's a pretty good matchup for that Kadri Mangiapane line. At the very least, I like that those two guys in a duo here, Kadri Mangiapane. Um, on the Washington side, if I were to play anything, it would be the top line, maybe a two-man of Ovechkin and Strom or something like that. Um, Calgary does take a fair amount of penalties, but they do have 
um, a good penalty kill. So, you know, maybe like a one-off Ovechkin, I think is fine. Uh, certainly one-off TJ Oshie um, until his price comes up, I think is perfectly fine as well. If I'm stacking anything, it's probably Calgary 2, specifically Kadri Majapani. Yeah, I don't mind that call there at all. On the blue line, John Carlson, price doesn't move on DraftKings. He's still 7,200, still rolling along. I think he's fine to pair with Ovechkin if you want to get, you know, a two-man going there. Martin Ferraveri scored in his last game. Price hasn't moved, 2,600. He's been playing decent minutes, especially for that price, so I like him on the flames or the flams depends if the flame is burning rasmus anderson's fine if you want to for power play otherwise hannafin or Weger are my guys yeah just a lot of expensive uh calgary defensemen again um you know michael stone's price still 4600 i mean he has had big games he can have big games because he is a peripheral guy but i would never play him for 4600 um yeah martin fairberry one of the cheap defensemen i really like he's been playing like 21 minutes a game of late um i like him um price down um on the calgary side like i said i don't think it's a great power play spot um probably hannafin if anything but it's fairberry i like the most in this game yep let's move on to the coyotes the arizona coyotes have a 2.6 total heading into vancouver the Canucks have a 3.5 total. Vimelka, Martin, probable. I kind of wanted to play the Yotes top line here, but they got their prices jumped a little bit. You still can, like in MME. Like I wasn't thinking about playing them in one to three. Um, but 2.6 total is actually not bad for the Yotes. And Nick Schmaltz has been shooting. I was kind of hoping they'd be both in the 4Ks, but they're not. They're in the fives. They're okay. Not my favorite. Not prioritizing them. Vancouver Canucks, on the other hand, this is a very good power play spot here. They're not getting too much ownership. Just a matter of which line you want to choose. Yeah, I, you know, Nils Hoglander back on the top line in practice yesterday, not Brock Besser. If, is that is that going to last? Like, you know, that's something they've gone back and forth on quite a bit over their last few games. So, um, you know, certainly at the very least, the two-man of Miller and Horvat um, is playable. Arizona top line hasn't been giving up a lot defensively since Schmaltz returned, but it's only been a handful of games. You don't want to read like too, too much into it. And um, Miller and Horvat certainly have been good offensively. Um, 4.8 goals um, together with Nils Hoglander on the wing. Um, after a pretty bad first two or three weeks of the season, Vancouver's at least offensively has certainly turned things around. Um one problem here is Horvat's price is 7,200 and his shot rate is not what it was a month ago when he really started going on his goal scoring tear. That worries me a little bit. Like um, I don't think there's a lot differentiating him, him from Elias Pedersen now, um, especially where Pedersen has been shooting more this season. So I do like that Vancouver second line, Kuzmenko, Pedersen, um, Mikheyev, um, you know, their defensive numbers have slid lately, but the offensive numbers have still been really good. Uh, 2.8 expected goals, 4.4 actual goals over their last few weeks together. Um, Kuzmenko still getting top power play time. Um, you know, the line's not coming in with a ton of ownership, you know, about 5 6%, something like that. I think it's perfectly reasonable. Um, Kuzmenko, Pedersen, and McKay is what I like the best in this game. If you want to make it a pure power play stack, take off McKay, put in Miller. I think that's fine because Arizona is the most penalized team in the NHL. Vancouver's power play has struggled a little bit of late, but um, they have amongst the highest upside for a power play outside of like maybe Colorado. So um, I do really, really like that Vancouver second line here tonight. Yep, I do as well. On the blue line, don't mind Jacob Chikrin tonight. He's getting a bit expensive at 6,800. Um, you don't want to go all the way up to him. Ghost, if you're like Chikrin, I think you can one off. Like Ghost, I would leave for Coyote power play stacks in your MME portfolio. On the Vancouver side, if you want to add in Hughes to a power play stack, I think that's fine. Other than that, nothing that jumps off the page. Yeah, I think the problem with Chikrin is there's actually a defenseman we'll talk about in the next game that I like a little bit better who is cheaper and will probably have less ownership. So, um, yeah, I'll pass on him. Um, Ethan Bear, probably the guy that I like the most. I don't know if I could get to Quinn Hughes, but I guess he's playable. His name is Aaron Ekblad. So let's get into that. Florida Panthers, 3.3 total. Heading into Seattle, the Kraken have a 3.1. I would imagine Spencer Knight is probable Phil Grubauer as well. Spencer Knight, the better goalie. Bob's contract, a awful. 
I don't. We have to wait and see if Barkov skates. Even if he does, like he's probably still a game time decision. Yeah, that's the problem. Is yeah. and they're saying they hope he can start skating this weekend. It makes it sound like it might take him a practice or two to get back in the swing of things. I'm not expecting Barkov, but we'll see in a few hours. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not expecting him either. If Seattle had goal, like I'm going to sound like a broken record. If Seattle had goaltending, they would be very good. Uh, they're pretty good defensively here. Don't mind getting to Lundell, Reinhardt, or even just going to like the, the problem with the top lines, they're expensive, and there's so many really good spots here tonight. Lundell, Reinhardt under 10K for the two man, both on power play one. On the Seattle side, like I'm, I mentioned, like I've mentioned before, if I'm going to full stack anything, it's going to be the McCann, Beneers, Everlay line. Yeah. Last game, Seattle um, did something a little bit different and they ran out the Yanni Gore, Brandon Tanev, Oliver Bjorkstrand line as the shutdown line, which kind of surprises me because they've been maybe the worst defensive Seattle line so far in the season. 2.9 expected goals against in 70 minutes together, 2.6 actual goals against. That's going to be going up against for Hagee, Bennett, and Kachuk. And that Florida top line, um, I haven't been, played a lot of minutes, but we talk about it um, since Barkov's been injured. Benny and Kachuk have really good offensive numbers together this season, whether on the top line, whether on the second line. I think it's a good matchup against that Gord line. And then you get to the Seattle goaltending and the bad Seattle penalty kill. I think it's a pretty good spot for that Panthers top line. If there's one, if there's a top line, one, this is one of the top lines that's on the road today that I like the most. Yeah. On this on the Seattle side on the Seattle side, like I think Anton Lundell um got hurt in their last game. We'll have to see if he plays in this one. If he's if he's out, the Panthers depth is really, really gonna be lacking. So Schwartz Wenberg Burakovsky, um absolutely uh in play here, as is McCann, Veneers, and Everly. Um, if I were to go in any direction, it would be um the uh, Schwartz, Wenberg, Burakovsky line just because of the minutes they play. But I think both Seattle top lines are fine, uh, whichever you want to use. But it's the Florida top line I like the most. Yeah. Seattle is. Let's come stack Seattle and pick the wrong line. That's been happening all season. But, you know, hopefully we pick the right one today. Aaron Ekblad is the guy you mentioned. You already foreshadowed in the last game. I do like him better than. Um, Chikrin, he's $400 cheaper. He's going to play massive minutes. Vinny Dunn in the same boat. He's 4,300. He's been playing like 25 minutes a night. Hasn't really been doing too much with it, but for 4,300, I'll take a chance. Yeah. Uh, one guy I do like Ekblad a lot here in this game. I'll also mention Adam Larson. Um, Florida, typically a very high shooting team, even without Barkov in the lineup. Larson's a little bit pricey for a guy that for a guy just to get a block bonus on DK, but I think he can get on the score sheet as well. He's not a bad puck moving defenseman. So I don't mind Larson at 4k either. Yep. Okay. Carolina Kane 2.1 total. Los Angeles have a 2.9. This is a tough uh, home matchup for the Kings. Jarvis scored in his last game up with Ajo Neches. That's probably the line I like. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ajo Jarvis, like, we talked on the last show, um, Jarvis and Ajo, really good numbers going back to last year. Uh, Natchez has really taken another step offensively this year. Um, they're going to get that Kopitar-Fiala matchup. Kopitar-Fiala, even since they've been reunited over the last five games, the defensive number's still not good. 2.8 expected goals against, 4.3 actual goals against. Um, I think it's a pretty good matchup for Jarvis, Ajo, um, and Natchez. Uh, so that's the, that's another road top line that I like, um, on this slate, um, on the King side, more to know Arvidsson. I think they're fine to play, but a little bit expensive. Um, and Carolina too has not been very good, but they really can drag down the pace of play. So, um, I think if anything on the King side, I would go to the second line, but I, I'm, I don't really like this, uh, matchup for them. Um, it's all about Carolina one for me. Yep, agreed there. Coming up right after us in three and a half minutes at the top of the hour, college football live before lock with Ben and Matt. I believe it's the college football world championships on DraftKings, so if you're in that, good luck to you. Um, who are you liking in net tonight? There's a lot of options. Yeah, there are. Um, you know, I don't mind Kochekov. Um, he's um, got a reasonable price. I think Kakinen's got a pretty reasonable price um, for San Jose as well. Um I'll mention uh, Jordan Bennington, even though I think people might be a little bit scared by how bad they got burned for, from him. 
Uh, a super cheap goalie I don't mind, Arvid Soderblom from Chicago. Um, if the Rangers uh, don't get there, um, they've had some trouble scoring. Don't mind him. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through to see if I have anything to add there. I guess like Yorgiev also. I mean, yeah, King Carl Vemelka. He's yeah. always played for us too. Yeah, and Yorgiev I'll add. Also don't mind Spencer Knight. Um, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? That's a pretty good question because um, I think there are a couple um, incredibly obvious spots. I'm going to go with the game that we just talked about. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Seth Jarvis for Carolina. I'm going to go with the guy who I picked for my big dog plus money property tonight, Petey Pablo, Elias Pettersson. All right, let's go. Uh, late game late game brigade on tonight. Let's do it. So for Cliffy, I'm your host, Josh Harris. We will be back on Monday or Tuesday. I haven't seen the schedule. I'm pretty sure it's Monday. Pretty sure it's Monday. We'll see you Monday. We'll be on Twitter. We'll be on Discord. Good luck, everybody. But MGM, sign up. Good luck, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.